is going on, folks? Your guy, Tommy Gann, TG here for Ice Cold Sports, America's Sports Show, with mi familia, my good friend, my, my great amigo, Mr. Zachary, the Lions. What's going on, Zach? Not much, man. Just a busy work week. How are we? How are we doing in Gatorville? Gatorville is Gator good, despite the loss on uh, Saturday, which was tough. Speaking of Saturday, let's move into that. On Saturday in Knoxville, Tennessee, the Ole Miss Rebels visited town to take on the Tennessee Volunteers and came out victorious. However, it did not come without controversy, as in the fourth quarter, after Tennessee turned it over on downs, fans started to throw trash all over the field. It was a disaster. It was one of the craziest scenes I've seen in a while. 20 minutes they had to wait for to get back going with the game. Didn't didn't they try and like fully eject the student section too? Or is they, it, yeah, they kind of did. They kind of okay. did. They were moving them out, but then they ended up coming back in. It was very strange. Uh, I have competing thoughts in my brain, which is fine because I have a big brain. I can ma- manage all these big thoughts. Between yeah, it's shithead behavior, and you shouldn't be doing it by any means. It's not a good thing. But at the same time, there's also that piece of you that's like a little bit anti-establishment, if you know what I mean. Like throwing trash on the field just feels like just a great group thing to do together. Is that you're that you're all coming together and just just throwing trash all over the field? Again, not a good thing to do. I'm not supporting doing it. But there's always that little part of you when you see trash get thrown on the field that kind of is cheering it on in a tiny little way. Maybe because you're disconnected from it. I don't know. Thoughts. Um, I got I got tired of all the blue checks on Twitter that were just like unbelievable unbelievable that Tennessee hasn't released a statement to to condone this behavior. Oh, it's geez. like we fucking know it's poor behavior, guys. Yeah. We we know it's not it's not on the blue check mark army to go okay and tell mom. and and be the be the barometer for what is right and wrong here. Like we fucking know, guys. Thank you. Folks, I just want to say this is great progress for Zach because I usually count him in with the blue checkmark army. Like they're <laughs> like he's like an ally. And now him coming out against them, it feels great. It's a great thing if you ask me. Ask my opinion. Also, I didn't mention this doing this before, but I'm gonna just discuss it. On Saturday, the Chicago Bears lost uh, 14 to 24 uh, against the Green Bay Packers. And I have a statement to make about Aaron Rodgers and his, his, his words uh, against my Bears. You may have, may have seen it, Zachary. Have you seen it? Uh, I don't think I have unless – Are you sure oh, during the game? And I during it. the game? Um, yeah, memory is not serving me well right now, but when go, go ahead touchdown. and fire away. When he scored, when he scored the touchdown. When, when the Bears scored the touchdown? No, when he scored a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers ran into the end zone and then yelled. Yeah, I, re- I, I remember what he said. I don't remember what, did he what say? he said. What did he say? Um, something to the tune of, I still own you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So my statement is this, uh, According to the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution, uh, slavery and involuntary servitude is illegal. You're not allowed to own anybody. It is part of being an American citizen, but being just a human being, you don't get to own people. So therefore, Mr. Rogers, you do not own me. 
that would be illegal. Of course, it makes sense that Aaron Rodgers would be against the Constitution of the United States of America here, but I'll take him to court if he wants me to. And that's my full statement on the disgusting and despicable acts and the anti-American language put together by Mr. Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Um, have you considered like beating him? Because the Bears are twenty-one and four. Aaron Rodgers. Well, is we don't need to. We don't need to talk Bears. about how terrible the Bears have been against the Packers. It's painful. I can remember uh, three of those four wins very fondly, and I'll just be carrying that with me for a long time. It's so terrible. It's disgusting. It's awful. But at the same time, you know, uh, it also, in a certain way, it's cathartic you know, being able to know that I've gone through so much misery that one day if when it all turns around and he's gone and Devontae Adams is gone and the Bears are winning again, things are good. I can look back on this time and just remember, you know, remember when things weren't so good and then revel in when things are good. So that's my full statement on that. Uh, also, go back to college football for a second. Nick Rolovich the head coach at Washington State University, Wazoo, uh, the Cougars, got fired, Gonzo, Audi, for not getting his COVID vaccine because Governor Jay Inslee made it mandatory for all Washington State employees to get vaccinated. Uh, I'm going to let you start with this before I go into my thoughts. Please give me what you think. Um. Rolovich is a clown for this. He's gonna do. He's gonna do everything he can to make you try and believe that it's it's not his fault. It's the fault of the system, and that he, you know, he's gonna. I'm sure Fox News and One American News Network are lining up some uh, some appearances with Rolovich right now, and I'm sure he'll make a nice buck off the the ghost written book that's inevitably gonna come out, but. Um, I, I just don't get it, man. It's, it's one simple thing you can do to protect the lives of the hundreds of people that a football coach comes into contact with in any given week. Um, it's a little more selfish when the role of a football coach is kind of to instruct the and boss around the 90 you know 90 something like 18 to 22 year old men that are putting their bodies on the line for um their their school and their their own livelihood and and you can't do the simplest thing you can do to protect them i i just roll vicious on my shit list man yeah listen i i i think i share a lot of your uh thoughts um Although Libzak did take a, did come back there. It's one step forward, two steps back, folks. Uh, but I, I do agree. As everyone knows, I have been Mr. Provax since the beginning. I've, I was, I, I got it as quickly as I hum, as humanly possible. As you got it as, before me. Yeah, I got like it. Two as, months before me. Literally as soon as, because I had certain, uh, my job and a few other things, I was able to get it a little bit earlier. And the moment I could get it, I made sure I got it. I was more than willing to go get it. Uh, at the same time, it also, it seems kind of strange to make people get vaccines and say, well, if you don't get to take a vaccine, if you have, you have to put this into your body or we're going to take away your livelihood. 
Now there are, I understand that sometimes that there's definitely been examples of times where you need to get vaccinated to have a job, but that was not the case before this, uh, at least in Washington state. Now I do agree, however, that Nick Rolovich should have just bitten the bullet and, and taken the vaccine. It doesn't really make much sense. It doesn't seem like he's really standing up for anything. It just like, he's like being like, you know, he's just being dumb. And maybe he will go in with Fox News or something. I don't know. But he hasn't talked that much about it. So that makes me think he won't. That's fair. I, I haven't seen. I, I, I guess I did expect to see some sort of some sort of printed statement by, by Rolovich by now. Um, if, if it's out there, I, I guess I, I have not seen it. Um, but it's just it's just a bummer. I'm just bummed for the kids. I'm bummed for. It, it just sucks for the whole program. I can just imagine, after you said that whole thing about Fox News, now I'm imagining Nick Rolovich on Tucker Carlson tonight and thinking about, like, the puppy dog. Like, you know, he has, like, the like the face that Tucker Carlson makes when he's, like, listening to someone talk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, for some reason, I'm imagining Nick Rolovich talking on Tucker Carlson tonight right now, uh, which would be very funny. What? Yeah, I'm sure those two can wind each other up for hours. Thoughts, sir? <laughs> Uh, you've got a real, you've got a really good Tucker impression. You have to make his the voice go up a little bit because he always guess what he does. Um, let's talk about the National Basketball Association. Uh, it's back tomorrow. Uh, big big year, kind of coming back to normal a little bit for the NBA. Uh, I'm excited for it mostly because my team might actually be decent, decent this year. Your team is already decent. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, what is, let's talk about probably what is probably the number one story in the NBA, just because as the number one player in the NBA, that is the Los Angeles Lakers and their, you know, and, and Anthony Davis, the best player on that team. Um, it's, it's, I mean, that, that they are right now up there as one of the top title contenders. It's them, the Bucks and the Nets, although the Nets, I don't know even where to go with them. However, the Lakers are very old, very old. What's something like 36 is the average age on that team? Not 36, but like 30 is the average age on that team. It seems very old. What are your thoughts? Do you think they can keep up with the injuries that were inevitably going to take place in like a two-game season? Zachary? We lost oh, everybody. I had... Oh, sorry. I had, I think I had a quick internet blip, but that's just one of the perils of doing, uh, doing live content. Um, sure. believe you were, you were leading me into the, uh, the Lakers segment there. Um, yes. I can, I can kind of take the baton from you there. They're, they're too, they, I was saying that they're very old. Do you think they're going to be able to get hold up in an A2 game season? Um, I do actually more so than they did last year. Um, cause I think Russ is a really durable player. Um, and I, I, LeBron has been a durable player in the past. Um, you, the last three seasons, not so much, but over the course of his career, you could, he, you can say he has been a fairly depend. You can rely on LeBron James being on the floor a lot more so than you can Anthony Davis. Um, how that is shift, how much that has shifted in his older playing age. I'm not really sure. Um, but I, I think Russ is re- going to be really good for the Lakers this year in just terms of like being able to keep the offense alive, you know, when they're playing like 
the Kings in Sacramento on a random Wednesday night in January and AD and LeBron are both are both on load management. It's like, I, I think they're going to be able to squeeze out like a lot more wins like that with the, the cast of characters they have around uh, their two main guys uh, than, than they were uh, even, you know, last year uh, more so, but. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, adding Russ, I think is like a, it's I almost forgot about it honestly because it seems like it feels like they just add all these crazy pieces on top of each other you know I don't know how that dynamic works with Russ because Russ and LeBron almost seem like you know I have two magnets they're the same kind of magnetism like you pull push them together but they kind of push each other apart that's how I feel like Russ and LeBron are kind of because Russ is much more of an alpha than LeBron but LeBron is the top dog so it's a very strange uh, 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 dynamic going there. I do think injury age is going to be an issue, especially on the lower end of that roster. I think LeBron has dealt, dealt with some injuries last year that you're going to keep nagging him as he gets older. I don't think he's Superman. He gets older. He's, he's, you know, he's feeling his age a little bit. I think that age is going to come into a major factor down the stretch for this team. Yeah, I, and I just need to know what their playoff five looks like. You know, like every team in the NBA, like I think it ultimately comes down to like, what's your five guys that you're going to throw out in playoff crunch time? Um, and and I think there's a little bit of uncertainty there for the Lakers now. It's like, is is Russ play? You know, is Russ playing the points, or is he going to be? Are you going to keep letting LeBron run the points? Is LeBron going to go back to small forward? Is, is Dwight a guy that can still play in crunch time or is, or is AD just getting all the center minutes? Um, I, I think I don't have any answers to those questions, but they're, they're, those are things I will be watching for as the season goes on with, with those guys. I was uh, at center attention to prime Dwight back in the Orlando days, back when he was like a, a true blue superstar, at least the, probably the number three player in the NBA at the time. It was Kobe. It was it was LeBron and Kobe and then Dwight at that time period. If, am I wrong? It, there were there was like a year or two of that, but yeah, I know which era you're talking about. Like there were a couple years of that, yeah. Um, but it was it, it was it was uh, it, I I I I'm interested to see what that team does going forward. Now, one team I think is being very underrated, and I think this is very mean to me personally, is the Bulls because I keep seeing. Uh, people put them lower than 16th, like 17th, 18th in the league, which I understand to an extent. But until they had a slide at the end of last year, the Bulls were looking okay. They weren't looking terrible. And then they go in and they add multiple big pieces like Lonzo, DeMar DeRozan, Caruso. And so far in preseason, I know it's preseason, but they've looked pretty good together. I don't know. I think that the Bulls are being slightly underrated right now. I'm not saying that they're going to be world beaters or they're going to go super far in the playoffs, but but I think that they deserve to at least be looked at as a playoff team. Thoughts? Thoughts? I I hear you. I think they're – I I don't want to compare them to last year's Suns in the sense that I think they're going to the finals because I don't think that's – Sure. But I – uh, last year with the Suns, we were kind of asking a lot of the same questions. Like all of these guys that they've brought in have proven they're good. They're good stats guys on a bad team. Um, 
I think uh, DeMar is the kind of the only guy on the Bulls roster that I look to as someone with championship experience. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Cause he, he was not on the, he was not on the Raptors title team. Um, I, so. I just look at, I just look at all these guys and I'm like, what, what have you done so far as like the lead guy on a championship team? And the answer for like Ball, Levine, and DeRozan is not much. Um, But that doesn't mean I don't think that they can play well together. I think the the sum of the sum of the parts could be greater than the whole because the I'm I don't know the Bulls GM GM's name, um, but he just seemed. Oh, I did not. I did not know that. He's the president. Um, He's the president of of basketball, vice president of basketball operations, which is kind of like our our Carnes. That's right. I completely forgot about that. He's done a really good job at assembling, assembling pieces that fit well together. Like Vucevic is a really good, you know, he's a good rim runner. He can defend, he can hit a spot up three. Um, I, DeRozan is pretty good at playing off the ball. Um, I think Levine might have to learn how to play a little more off the ball, but like the guy in the center Lonzo is an underrated as hell playmaker. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a top five assist maker this year. He's one of those guys that had very high expectations for him early on in his career. And then he didn't exactly live up to the being the superstar he was built to be, but then he really settled into being a very, very good player in, in the league, which I think is, is something very underrated, kind of underrated. Yeah, I think with Lonzo, we kind of expected him to do it all himself when he came into the league, and that's that's just not who he is. He's the the make people around him better kind of guy instead of the instead of the I'm going to do it all myself kind of guy. Agreed, agreed. Uh, shot Lavar though. I mean, he he. I mean, he talked a lot of shit, but then when when push came to shove, okay. two of his two of his kids ended up doing some good shit in the NBA. Let's not act like he hasn't. Yeah, it, I all the props in the world for developing two, two sons that can pay the, pay your bills for the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's a jackass. The saying. Uh, so moving on to, I think what maybe one of the most interesting stories in the league this year, the Warriors, because well, obviously we had the Warriors dynasty of not too long ago. They were the best team by far in the NBA. And now they're getting Clay Thompson back after two years, two years. Last time he played basketball, was in the finals when they lost to the, 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 the Raptors. I think when he got re-injured himself, he and you were at a baseball game. We were at the Rockies-Cubs game. I remember it very well. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's I right. I remember that. Uh, and he's coming back. You're going to have Steph. You're going to have Draymond. You're going to have, have, have Clay back. Is this Warriors team being not being talked up enough about or on the back end of the team, is it still too weak to say, they're going to be uh, uh, trying to make a run again. I I think you you narrowed in on the the key point for the Warriors is is that back end because we know we know Clay Draymond Steph is a title winning combo even without even without KD everyone yeah, they, forgets they that they 70, did it themselves. They won seventy three games without without KD. Yeah, every you know everyone seems to forget that that first title in the 73, 73 win season came without KD. Um, so we, we know that that trio can do it. 
Um, but I think you do have some question marks. I, th I think the Warriors are a solid Western playoff team, no matter what. I think you have some question marks as to whether they're going to be a contender or not. Um, Cause we know clay is awesome when he's healthy, but we also know he hasn't been healthy in two years. So what, what does he look like when he comes back? Does he still have the same level on the defensive ends? Um, he plays a very to the ground kind of offensive game. So I think he's still going to have a lot of his same bucket getting abilities. Um, you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. I'm not worried there. Uh, the draft pick Kuminga is a little bit questionable because he, he was one of those guys that was billed as like a, you know, like a not immediately ready to play, but like has a high ceiling kind of guy. And you have to wonder if they could maybe have done better grabbing a guy that was a little bit more ready to play like a Chris Duarte or someone. And then and then you have the Wiseman question on the back end, too. Like, I don't think he really showed anything last year that makes us think he's like a he's like an Aiton type center so sorry I know I just rambled a lot on no on no, individual no no, no. Guys, I, got, I got you I got no no it's good um it, those guys those those I think four or five guys that I named there are all just like those are the question marks where if like all those guys are pluses I think the Warriors are right back in the title conversation and I even mentioned Wiggins he's another he's another guy that who knows with him um, let's move over for a second to your Nuggets. Uh, last year obviously ended not so well. You had the MVP of the league, but you could argue in a little bit of a down year for like the usual suspects uh, for MVP of the league. And that's not even to put down uh, uh, Joker because he had an amazing season. Um, yeah, and, and Giannis even had a better statist statistical season than his two MVP years, but it was just still Joker since people got tired of voting for Giannis. But fin finish your point. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, I'd be interested to see if this time around with a healthy um, Jamal Murray, he, got a, he was injured at the end of the year, wasn't he? Yeah, he tore his ACL. Yeah, he's, right. he's probably not even due back for the beginning of the season. Oh, he's not? He'll, he'll be a He'll be back at some point. Uh, we don't know when. But... When he gets back, is Jamal Murray being there going to make them uh, uh, competitive with the Lakers in the West? I think potentially. I I used to just I used to just believe that the LeBron team was going to go to the finals every year, not win the finals, but at least go to the finals every single year. Um, and the Suns proved to me last year in the first round that that is no longer true. Um, they're the, you know, the West is incredibly strong. There are a ton of teams that the Nuggets are going to be fighting with for regular season wins. You know, Sun, Suns and Jazz both didn't lose anything. I both expect them to be just as good as they were last year. Um, I could see, I could see the Nuggets being like a three or four seed that's peaking at the right time, you know, because, you know, we don't, we don't expect Jamal back for some time, um, and, and even when he does come back, I think he's gonna take a little while to get back to where he was. You know, he's he's a streaky shoot, he's a streaky scorer in general already, um, but I think it, it, one of the places where he was really making strides prior to his injury was his defense. He was a top 10 point guard by a lot of defensive metrics last season. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that I'm most pointing to as 
what could be an X factor for the Nuggets. Like if if Jamal Murray and gets back and he's he's in full strength and suddenly he can he can lock down a step a step Curry or a Russ Westbrook. That's that's a huge difference for for a Nuggets team that might have a little bit of trouble scoring with some of the bigger bigger boys in the West. I think that's pretty that I mean they you said it all right there. I mean the Nuggets, I mean I'll be interested to see if last year was such a painful way to go out. Um, I'll be interested to see if they can they can rebound through. I think the Jazz are going to be tough, but at the same time they just feel like an old reheating of the '90s Jazz, where they have the two stars, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, uh-huh. and you you but then you never win anything, despite having your stars. Um, finally, I just want to go over the situation in Philadelphia because apparently Ben Simmons is back, but I didn't tell anybody he's going back, but he's back. And now he's pissed off his team even more. Uh, they might be one of the most talented teams in the NBA, but uh, do you think that the Celt that the 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 Seventy Sixers, I say Celtics Seventy Sixers, do you think that they can get through kind of the muck here with the Ben Simmons situation and compete in the East? Um, I I don't honestly. Ben Ben Simmons value as a trade chip with seemingly every every hour that goes by um Simmons seems to lose a little bit more trade value um so if if your roster strategy this year was flip Simmons to get a guy that can help us win right now then I would say okay if the if the 76ers can get like a plus like floor spacer out of this deal then I would say like hell yeah I love their prospects in the east but what it sounds like is is they're just going to be sitting on the asset that is Ben Simmons, and he's not going to be playing, but he's he also not going to – he got thrown out of practice today. Did you see that? Yeah, but he'll play. I mean, I don't know if they're going to not play him. He'll play. I, mean, I don't know I how can't. much he'll play, but he'll play. If I'm Doc Rivers, I can't play a guy that doesn't give a shit right now. If well, I mean, a lot of guys if, don't give a shit. I know, but if you can't give enough of a shit to even show up and give the bare minimum effort in a defensive yeah. drill, I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't love. No, I, I got you. Pieces. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't really love a ton of their, a ton of their pieces either. Um, they're two, they're two big, or their one big acquisition was a center in Andre Drummond. And it's like, you, you guys already have a, like where the hell does Drummond fit in? Is Drummond just like a backup center now, or like, or do you do you think you can play Joel and Drummond together? Because that's not going to work. So two thousand and late. Um, I want to bring that back. I I, I think that. Also, I one other team I want to go through in the East, and that's the Nets. Of course, they're really talented, but I think injury wise, they they're going to fall apart. And Kyrie not getting vaccinated could. I'll be interested to see if things lighten up in the spring and he's able to play then. But I think this Nets team, they might be the most talented team in the NBA, but they're also the most combustible team in the NBA. I think they're going to combust big time. Um, I, I think I'm a little more, um, a little more bullish on the, on the Nets than you are. Um, I, I think they, I think they do have the, even minus Kyrie. I'm, I'm not even convinced that Kyrie even 
wants to play basketball right now, regardless of vaccination status. Um, so yeah, that's if, true. If I'm, if I'm the Nets, I'm just moving on. I'm, I'm not entirely moving on from Kyrie. It's like, if you want to come back and give a shit, sure, we'll have you. But if I'm Steve Nash, I'm planning to play this entire season without Kyrie right now. And that's why I think the addition of Patty Mills for the Nets was so huge. Um, he's a really experienced veteran point guard. Will get everyone in the spots they need to be. Uh, he's going to play. He's going to play off both of those stars uh, in that system really, really well. And I think we. I think because the Nets are so like star centric and star heavy, we kind of forget about their back end. Like they've got some. They've got some good guys on the back ends. Um, Blake Blake Griffin, Lamarcus, Lamarcus Aldridge came out of retirement. Um, they brought in Paul Paul Millsap for basically nothing. Uh, Nick Claxton showed a lot as a rookie as a rookie kind of like rim runner player right now. Um, or sorry, last year. Um, oh, and they just say, they just signed a guy named David Duke Jr. So do with that whatever you want. From Providence. <laughs> That's Dave, uh, I. Dave I Duke. did one of those. I did one of those like double take, like quick, like spit the milk out, like. That's a tough what? name. What? That's such a tough name to have. I've heard that joke made multiple times, and it never gets gets tired because that is such a tough name to have. For all you people out there who don't know, we're not going to tell you. You can look it up yourself, but it's a very crazy name. Also, with the Nets, I'm always bothered by the fact that they don't really have any fans. Like, I feel like if you're in New Jersey, you don't have any self-respect if you were for the Nets anymore. And if you're in New York, you're a Knicks fan. So I'm, I feel like it's almost like a money laundering scheme, like how the money that comes into the Nets. Like all like the suites and the, and the, the, the season ticket holders, I feel like that's all just mob people and, and like corporate structures trying to hide their money away from like the government or something like that. I'm not kidding either. Like, I don't think there's actually any real Nets fans. I think it's all just people in companies that just bought tickets to the games for like corporate partners or whatever, which I think sounds crazy. And, but I also no, don't think that's And people crazy. in New York that want to be different and, and yeah. not like the Knicks. So I don't know. That's That always bothers me right there. All right, let's just talk about uh, our picks now before we wrap up. Uh, I've been told that Lions Locks had a tough time this last weekend. Yeah, uh, we both we both had success with Syracuse on Friday nights. So they covered the 13 and a half. Um, but then Saturday was a complete disaster. Uh, we had the over, or I had the over in Michigan State, Indiana. Um, that one, you know, classic Big Ten football stayed under. Um, Virginia Tech and BC, both as slim underdogs, got blown out. And that was, that was just tough because it's like one of those ones where it's like, you will you align with like a system that's right you know it's like 61 percent of the time and those were just two of those picks that just completely went off the rails exactly I, yeah it, it, it we weren't even in the ballpark i wasn't even in the ballpark this weekend and, and that was just a tough feeling but we'll we'll get it back hopefully. <sighs> yeah i mean tg's quick picks not have its greatest 
weekend. Shocker. It was not the greatest weekend for, for Gigi's pick picks. Um, just to ramble off my pain. Um, so, Q's plus 13 and a half against Clemson. That was correct. That was a good, that was a good pick. Uh, but then Boston College, like you said, plus three went off the rails big time. That was disgusting. Mississippi, Mississippi at Tennessee, uh, under 83, that was easy. That, that covered no problem. Uh, but then Kansas State, uh, plus six and a half against Iowa State, wasn't even close. I thought for a while it was going to. I keep getting lured in by the siren song of uh, Kansas State. Because I kind of like their offense, but then they just always screw me over. I don't like it. Uh, and then in the NFL, Detroit plus three and a half versus uh, Cincy. I mean, I thought this was the weekend Detroit was going to get a, a get their first win of the season. And then no dice. They ended up being the ja- the Jaguars that got their first win of the season, which what, what, what's the odds on that one? And then. And yeah, I don't blame you for not buying Cincy either. I mean, I like Cincy. Like... I like Burrow, but I thought that the, the, just because the Lions have been in every game. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, but Rams minus nine and a half. That was that, that went that, that went uh, good easy. The Giants stink, especially with all their injuries. But then Chargers uh, plus two and a half against Baltimore didn't did not no no dice. I had too much faith, I guess, in the Chargers being good. And then finally Carolina plus uh, one and a half against Minnesota went to overtime. I thought they were going to have it. No dice. Didn't happen. So we ended up uh, uh, for this weekend going good old three and five. Uh, but we're going to get back up on the horse. We're going to be back at it. Give you good. They give you the picks that you all want to see. And we'll, we're with the, the chase to eight. No moves the next week. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention I also I also held an L with you on the on the Chargers game. Yeah, that was tough. I just I was just in such a I I said the exact same thing on that pod. I was just like I was in such a spot where it's like if you're going to give me points on Justin Herbert in any context, I'm going to take it. Yeah, exactly. And boy, That's, did that backfire. It was an incorrect pick, and we think we both you know it was we uh, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. One last thing, actually. Uh, yeah, the Jaguars got their first win. We mentioned that already. It was uh, 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 good for them. Good for Urban Meyer. I don't think he's going to get fired immediately now. I think he has a little more leeway, um, which is going to be interesting. I'll say that. Much. Yeah, where, where are you at with Trevor Lawrence as like, a, as like an NFL quarterback six or good. seven weeks or whatever we're in? I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's rookie year. People make these quick assumptions on rookie years. And it's kind of unfair to quarterbacks. I have a lot of expectations riding on Justin Fields. I think it's a little unfair because, you know, it's his first season in the NFL and I see him make a mistake and I'm like, damn, you know, what's going on? But it's his first year. It's not like, it's not like he's a season pro. So anytime that you have stuff, have these young guys and they struggle a little bit, I think you're just looking for signs of improvement throughout the season. Uh, and I feel like with Lawrence, we've seen that so far. And with Fields, he's kind of in a tough spot with his offensive line and his play calling in a weird place. And so he's he he I'll give him this year, I'll give him a pass, and then next year I'm expecting to see some big strides. But yeah, I think Lawrence is gonna be good in the long term. 
I, I feel good about Lawrence just due to the fact that like the training wheels are off for him and he, he has freedom within that offense. And, and sometimes it might turn into turnovers, but it's turned into big plays quite a few times as well. Whereas oh, like yeah. for field, for fields, it feels like the training wheels are still on in terms of the offensive play calling and yeah, but then he makes the, some of those plays, like when he threw it into the end zone. Like, and listen, I can understand why he threw it into the end zone both those times. It felt when you look at the play, it seemed like Allen Robinson should have, if he kept running, would have been there at that ball in the end zone. But he just kind of just stopped on his route. There must have been a miscommunication there, I guess. Uh, and also, we thought it was one of them was a free play. It should have been a free play. So I think the train wheels have come off a little with Fields. I just think that he's had kind of a and been t- put in a tough spot. Also, I think his accuracy has been a bit suspect at times, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think he's like a 50-something percent pass completer right now, which there definitely are times where for he, improvement. He makes some really – and I don't think it's a situation where you look at a lot of these guys where you say you can't teach accuracy. I think he has accuracy. I just think he gets – he just is – he's inexperienced. He's young. He gets put into certain play calls, and he just kind of overshoots his target a little bit. It's usually not the long throws either. It's usually the short ones, which I think it shows that you can you can improve that a lot easier than you can the long ball uh, accuracy. All right, uh, that's that's about wraps it up, folks. Uh, for my good friend Zachary Lyons, looking forward to a good season here in the National Basketball Association in the NBA. Uh, hoping all of you have a a a, a good week coming up here hope you hope the same thing for me i hope that for you zach uh we'll be back at the end tail end of the week and this has been ice cold sports see you guys